Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. If you watched the NBC Nightly News with anchor Brian Williams during Hurricane Katrina, you saw a newsman both composed and compassionate. People are dying inside the city of New Orleans today, and that city has descended further into chaos tonight. It was his first year on the job, and Williams was the only network news anchor to report on Katrina and its impact from inside the Superdome. The Bryan family was sitting in the stands with thousands of others sound asleep when the noise started. It sounded like a New York City subway train. Others said they thought it was thunder or someone hammering, and in a way it was. It was Katrina hammering away at the roof trying to get in. NBC Nightly News has more viewers than any other news program in the country. An average of 10 million people tune in every day to watch Brian Williams and his team report on the day's top stories. Williams has to be ready for anything. His briefcase always holds a laptop, a passport, and a flashlight because he can't predict when or where he'll be called upon to follow a story. On the evening of August 31, 1997, he was in the hospital as a visitor. I lost a very good friend to Agent Orange-related cancer. I was in the hospital room with him. It was a Saturday night. I had just done weekend nightly news. My pager in those days, went off. Diana, car accident, Paris. I called the office. They said, you better get in here. And uh, I had no idea that I would be announcing to what was then. I mean, they plugged us into cable all over Europe. I have people wherever I go to this day say, I was with you you the the night Diana died. So I was. What's that like for someone in your position where you have that kind of experience, like Cronkite with JFK, and you've got the breaking story that, that goes all the way around the world, and it's you? I'm a very emotional guy, and I often get a catch in my voice. I'm a very patriotic guy. I kind of have a little schmaltz in me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so when I announce that, I have to kind of get ready and dig my heel into my ankle under the desk and try to be tough 
my director, longtime director, Brett Holy of Nightly News, often knows to go to voiceover. He he will take a picture rather than showing me on camera when I'm in a sad place. The night of Newtown, I found it highly difficult to get through the broadcast. 9-11, my country had been shaken. So I, I have the same emotions as everybody else. And there's no time to practice what you're going to say. You're making up the verbiage as you go, obviously. When you do that job, I'm assuming you've got to have people around you you trust. You know, there's people who have done that job and have not succeeded. And I wonder, is it they don't succeed because they don't have the right team with them? Well, the first thing I did uh, was get the blessing of Tom Brokaw. And this has been extraordinary. In a business where bodies are stacked out back normally and you pass all the dead would-be future anchors in the hallway of a network. I had a situation with a guy who who went out and got me. We had uh, a meeting one night in a New York hotel. I was on local news in New York, and Tom said that he was nearing the age when he had to think about who was going to take over and would I consider it. Why do you think he said that? I don't know. I went around the corner, and in those days we used those massive toaster oven-sized Motorola uh, cell phones. Sure. I called my wife and I said, either I'm getting played or Tom Brokaw wants me to get in line to take over for him. I don't know. There are dozens of perfectly or better qualified people in this world. I am probably the most unremarkable holder of my job ever and certainly educationally the least prepared. So uh, I I don't know. The show's ratings have been very strong during the time you've done it. I Try to make it personal. It's taken me a long time. I kept Tom's staff. I inherited the number one newscast in America. They were doing nothing wrong and everything right. So if you worked for Tom, you worked for me. I brought no one in. I was his understudy for eight years. A terrific position. I learned from the master. Everything I enjoy in life today is attributable to the fact that he made sure I was where I needed to be at every given time. When it was time to become chief White House correspondent, he said, go south, young man. And on and on and on. What years were you chief White House correspondent? 94, 95. Okay. What was that? The, the shank of the Clinton administration, the very middle, including the midterm. The, the Gingrich ascension. That's right. I was on the flight that did in Newt Gingrich. He complained that he didn't have a meeting with Bill Clinton. We One. were coming home from the Rabin funeral. I chose to stay up all night. And I saw the president come into the conference room directly in front of my seat. I saw a meeting per se take place. It was an extraordinary airplane flight. I will occasionally do weird things like decide everyone else in the press corps is asleep. Why don't I be the one to stay up all night and see what I can see? Because I'll never be on a flight like this again. What what, what was your take on Clinton? Uh, Wide-ranging, insatiable, uh, a a very disciplined man with an obvious and palpable lack of mental discipline in other areas. It's an honor to cover any presidency, to fly on that plane. How did he deal with the press? Uh, He knew that I was a fellow night owl, and some of the best conversations I had, he would walk around the aircraft. People were zonked coming back from, you know, Kiev on an overnight flight. He would see what movies were playing in which cabins. And these presidents, when you cover them, and to this day in my job, there are off-the-record opportunities, lunches, dinners that you have, so they can explain themselves more easily to you. You can get in their head a little bit, never to offer advice Obviously, just to listen. 
B- both sides, Democrat and both, Republican. Absolutely. And so when you leave in 95, where do you go? I go to found a new network in Secaucus, New Jersey called MSNBC. Uh-huh. A couple days into that effort, a flight crashed in the Atlantic off East Moriches, Long Island, TWA right. 800. Mm-hmm. Three nights into the birth of this network, mm-hmm. we are handed a huge breaking news story. Our graphics department was off the clock. And I had someone go out and get a Rand McNally Road atlas out of their trunk. And I had to hold up a map of Long Island and point with my finger to where the jet had gone in the water. Uh, again, uh, with uh, absent uh, any graphics, all we have to go on is a, uh, a rather crude uh, uh, Rand McNally uh, a map uh, showing New York's Long Island. Uh, when asked to report on his own life, Williams describes his early years as a grindingly middle-class upbringing. I did not know vegetables came fresh. I thought they were frozen bricks in the field. Sure. Salad was one-eighth of a head of iceberg lettuce sliced with a steak knife with a spoonful dollop of mayonnaise on the top. Sure. My mother's goulash was one can SpaghettiOs and one quarter pound ground beef. We had Spam. We had what everybody else had. You grew up in New Jersey, right? Was Mm -hmm. it Ridgewood, New Jersey? Born in Ridgewood, New Jersey. We moved for the first eight or nine years of my life to Elmira, New York, and then most of my life was spent in Middletown, New Jersey on the Jersey Shore. Was your dad in the television business or the news business? My dad, uh, former uh, manager of John Wanamaker Department Store in Philly, he took a job with Corning Glass in Corning, New York. We lived in adjacent Elmira, got fired with a slew of executives in a uh, purge of Corning, and then really bounced from job to job, had a tough time, heart attack at 50. That sent us back to the Jersey Shore where he could at least find work in New York City. But we had some rough financial times uh, after that. And when you were growing up, what was your relationship to the news and to media? Were you a news junkie when you were a kid? Dinner could not start in our household until Walter Cronkite said, My house too. that's the way it is. Bingo. We watched it as a communal event. My father would bring home from the train, the Jersey shoreline, uh, obviously the Times, the Post, the Daily News. He had women's wear daily because he worked in the <laughs> trade. There was just stuff around. I started reading the New York Times when I got my working papers uh, at the age of 14 and haven't stopped. And when you went to school... You went to school, was it an eye toward going into broadcasting and going into journalism? I didn't think it was attainable. I had, may she rest in peace, a um, an ebullient Irish Catholic mother who was the corpse at every funeral and the bride at every wedding <laughs> and was a uh, an amateur little theater actress, always believed in her baby boy, Brian. I remember when Channel 4 in New York hired some new reporters. I remember it distinctly. I was living in New Jersey, and she pointed to the set at one of them, still in the business, by the way. Who? I'm not going to say. Okay. And said, you can do better than him. Oh, I see. Okay. I just know you can do better than him. Chuck won't mind if you say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're okay. here with Alec Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, she said that. She believed that. And I think that stayed with me. And against all odds, I pursued this in just crazy dream that I couldn't share with anybody because it was outlandish. I mean, I'm a volunteer fireman in Jersey. I can't sit around with those guys saying, fellas, 
here's what you don't know about me in the future. Right. Here's what yeah. I intend to do. Yeah. It just wouldn't have made any sense. None of this makes any sense. So how does it begin? I went to a Catholic high school. I went to the local community college. I was a townie. I had applied for a civil service job as the nighttime Monmouth County Police Fire Dispatcher out of Freehold. But my life took a turn. A buddy of mine took me to Washington, D.C., Tony LaVeglia. Everybody has a Tony LaVeglia. My buddy Tony said, I'm seeing a girl down there. She goes to Catholic University. I'll fill my van with beverages. We'll play loud music. Come with me for the weekend. And I, Washington opened my eyes to prosperous, earnest young people in khakis and blazers walking swiftly with places to go and discussing government Joseph and ideas. Banks shirts. Absolutely. Earnest. Uh, uh, the way Garfinkels. Graydon Carter put it in the old spy magazine, may it rest in peace. Earnest former student council presidents driving Honda Accords. That was his way of summing up Washington, and I was intoxicated by it. What was the first, first, first job you had? Uh, Well, uh, fast forward, uh, I'm at Catholic University having transferred my meager credits. Guy named Rocco comes into our dorm and says, does anybody want my internship in the White House? I raised my hand because I had a... um, blue blazer from my job at Sears in Middletown, New Jersey. I interviewed for it and got it. Uh, Jimmy Carter was president. Obviously, it was a non-political position. I made copies. I got shirts at the cleaners. I, I made coffee, but I also wrote constituent letters, and I I got into it. Uh, I got a job as a clerk typist at the broadcasting lobby, the NAB, National Association of Broadcasters. I confide my secret in my boss. That someday I had been my editorial page editor of my high school paper. I had worked on my uh, community college paper, after all. Someday my hope was to try television journalism. He said, well, there's a guy coming into town. Bill Bankston runs KOAM-TV in Pittsburgh without the age Kansas. Uh, It's the 121st television market in the country. He runs a small shop. It's in the middle of a field, but he just might if you take him to dinner. I took him to the restaurant 1789 in Georgetown. I mm-hmm. had no I had no business buying dinner. I had no money. He said, you'll have to pay your way to come out and let us look at you on camera. I had a Dodge Dart. I put all my belongings in the back seat. I brought my dog Charlie out there. What did your mother say? Uh, they thought I was uh, crazy. Yeah. She believed in my ability, but this move to the middle of the country, leaving all I knew. And what was the station? Was like going in the Marine Corps, KOAM-TV. And I went back there and revisited the place when the tornadoes hit Joplin. And good evening from Joplin, Missouri. And this is, of course, now more than any community anywhere should ever be forced to endure in just the space of the last hour. We have been through... Where were you when it hit? I was with my two kids in the house. How is it you're alive? Faith in God is the only way. Oh, my God. How many people made it in here? Did you hear other... Everybody on this block is okay. What do you do tomorrow and the next day? (laughs) Figure it out when it comes, I guess. And can you believe Mother Nature's doing this right now? It's hard to believe she hit and... uh, middle of Joplin.
That was the adjoining town where my efficiency apartment was, not to brag. You know, I was a I was a working poor. Mm-hmm. I'm on television in this market in Kansas, sure. going home and making an art form of slicing. And if you've ever done this, you know, you take one can of Spam. If you fry an egg in that pan, you can make a Spam steak in a frying pan and you can get four or five slices out of one can of Spam with some toast. It's a meal at night. You can also, as my friends and I would do back then when we were, when we were working actors and I was doing a soap opera. There was a moment when my friend leaned over and took an egg out of the refrigerator and dropped it into some noodle ramen. Oh, yeah. And showed us that you could put an egg in ramen and have egg drop ramen. And when we made <sighs> egg drop ramen for the first time, it was like, dun, 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 yeah. bum, bum, bum. We went insane. To this day, I like ramen noodles. <laughs> I do. I like ramen noodles. There's too much sodium in the Hebrew there. National Hot Dogs and uh, SpaghettiOs, my big three. Who were the, because uh, I was in, you, you were there. Uh, I was there 13. You, you, you left Washington what year? Oh, I guess this is what, 70? 81. Were you in D.C. 81? Yeah. So Carter's out. Carter's out. I'm working but, at but, a lobbying but, but, firm. But you, but you were there when, when Carter was there, what year? Did the end of Carter? Uh, yes, the, last year of the so Carter very, administration. Very end of, so it's 80, the election, he's losing, yep. Iran hostage crisis. He's out, internship over. Good night, everybody. And who, who were the big three on the networks then? Oh, rather, rather? Well, this would have been rather, I guess, Brokaw or Chancellor. Right. And either some combination of Jennings, Max Robinson, Dean Reynolds. Right. Not Dean Reynolds. Uh, no CNN yet. That was kind of dawning in 80. I guess. Well, that was Iran. Was that Iran hostage? No, I guess that was dawning in 80. That was dawning in 80. So were you watching those shows pretty regularly as well? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Your preference? Were you a CBS man, ABC and, uh, man? I grew ABC up man? in a CBS household. Me totally too. Cronkite. People approximately our age, you can say, what household were you? And people will answer it that way. Cronkite, with, rather. With a network. Yeah. yeah. There's a style to that job that's changed. That old voice of God school, you know, Cronkite and right. Chancellor was very uh, Huntley and Brinkley. You went to them because they had something you wanted. Right. And I venture to say that that guy who had that kind of imperious, snooty, voice of God kind of demeanor on the air, those guys, their days are gone. Well, And we- now the people are authoritative. I mean, what I'm leading up to is the reason you work and the reason you've been successful is you are commanding and you're bright and you're all the things you need to be, and you're not pompous. Well, I have no right to be. But, you, but, but, but what I'm saying is I think that people's attitude toward the news has changed where there's a, kind, there's a style of anchor of the evening news yeah. that those days are over now. You have to be more accessible. You have to be more accessible. But you should know we still select our lead story and our story order like it was the old days because we have to. That's our process. And, uh, and the, the night we happen to be sitting here having this conversation in New York – We always say, like SNL, like any other live show, we don't go on the air because it's ready. We go on the air because it's time to go on the air. Tonight, I was writing one section ahead of where I was. I was writing lead-ins for the second segment while we were in the first segment in real time on the air. So we would go into a reporter piece and I'm on the keyboard sitting on the set because I got behind because of some rock center business I had to attend to. I don't like it, but I'm wired for it. It's what I do. And if I don't write those words, form those words, edit those words, it won't sound like me. I won't own it. There won't be transparency. There won't be uh, familiarity. And it's insincere. 
when does the day begin to write that day's show, uh, produce the, that day's show? The, the day writing, I, knuckle, I really buckle down at around 4.30 to 5. I start writing, and I, I write from the bottom up usually. I write the, that is NBC Nightly News for this Wednesday night. I, I write that first, and the last thing I write before I go out is the first thing I say. Good evening. Uh, and uh, Why? So it's freshest in my mind. I have to, I have to stick that. I have to nail that. It should be a very fresh and genuine thought, so genuine that the teleprompter can be a guide. If other words occur to me on the fly, I'll do that. I'm not wedded to the words I have just written on that electronic screen. Now, the, pe- now the people you work with, you have the license to do whatever you want to do. You write it. Yes, but I'm the managing editor of it, but I also work with great professional adults who have license, ability, and often call me out. I I don't think you got the tone right on this page. I I don't. I I read your item on the uh, video that was uh, produced by the North Korean government. I I think we're missing something here. And they do that all the time. We work collaboratively. These are all really good friends of mine. I love the whole room full of them. We've been to battle together, so we're really close. And it's a very funny, you should hear our newsroom in the hour before air. Stuff flies across the room. It's wild, and it's just the way I like it. Now, I want to go back, and you're at MSNBC. How long does that last? Six years Six of years. commuting to Secaucus, New Jersey. And what was it? In the Hearts? Dodge Dart? No, by then, I, I could afford a Chevrolet SUV. A okay. Yeah. Um, this was a Hearts Mountain warehouse. It is today the home of MLB Network for baseball fans. So six years commuting to Secaucus. Yeah, I screwed up my timeline. I left. I was still in Kansas when we left off. I ran out of money. I drove on a Space Saver hard rubber spare on my Dodge Dart for eight months. They recommend never going over 50 and just using it for a few days. I shredded that puppy. And I drove back to Washington where I knew I could find work. Again, I bought a copy of the Washington Post. Again, I circled a classified ad. Chiron operator. 10 p.m. newscast, WTTG, the Metro Media-owned, now Fox, Channel 5. I walked in the door, asked the first woman I found, uh, is the news director in and can I see him? And she said, you're meeting with her right now. (laughs) Late great woman named Betty Endicott, she hired me to type in the letters on the screen. She did this Ed Asner thing with me. I would go into her office as her lowly typer of letters on the screen, and I'd watch the newscast with her every night, and we hit it off. And she said to me, didn't you do on-air work in Kansas? Do you have any tapes? And I said, Betty, those have been taken to a licensed landfill facility long ago. (laughs) And um, And turned into tires. She, I did find one. She put me on the air in Washington, D.C. on a whim, the last gut call in television. For Metro Media? Yeah. I was on the 10 o'clock news. Months later, she says, I'm hiring a young woman to be an executive producer. I think you're going to like her. And we've been married for 26 years. No. Yeah. Jane Stoddard, love at first sight, control room, hearts flying, little guys with arrows. I went into my friend Bernie's office and said that afternoon, I'm done. Off the market. I read that. It's a matter of convincing her. You heard her her. in the earwig first. Oh, my God. What's that called again? The FBI? What's the earpiece called? IFB. The IF. I was close. Yeah. So listen to a woman's voice in your ear. Oh, wow. And now my little, our little girl... 
who's 24, one of our two children. I think we had just have the two. I see her on David Letterman's chair next to Dave. Unbelievable. And I see my wife at around the same age we met, and it just blows your mind and heart we're going to get to that time. about your daughter you know we're going to get to um that. but anyway to, so to metro to media forward, washington i'm on channel 5's 10 o'clock news and it was a great job and sooner or later it's like triple a ball your your pitch improves scouts come around i got hired by cbs for their stations division we went to philadelphia uh jane got a job at the local pbs station oh now it's you and jane it's a I, team oh yeah yeah, we got married while living in Philadelphia. I worked at the CBS station in Philadelphia. I was called up to CBS in New York, and I did five years at Channel 2, WCBS. I was the noon anchor, again, you'll forgive me bragging, uh, with Carol Martin. And for a while, I was the chief correspondent at 11 o'clock. I covered the Dinkins years and the Koch years on the streets of the city. That was a real experience, a real experience. What do you think about politicians and how they've changed in their relationship to the media. You, you hear people always complaining about, uh, you, know, you know, the uh, the press is too cozy a relationship with political leaders and so forth. What's your take on that? I was never a big um, socializer. I've come to know, no, like have a, a meal or two with one or two politicians. What's that like for you? Um, I'm always wary of the third rail of coziness. It's much tougher to take a swing at a friend as it is a political figure whose name you know. You know, one of the most eye-opening experiences in life was sitting down with President George W. Bush over lunch at the White House. These presidents, it, it turns out, are all quality hangs. They're all really good people. They're all extraordinary people who have the ego to stand in front of a mirror at some point in their life and say, yeah, you, I want you to run the free world. You've got it. You're going to do this job. That's it. That's unbelievable. In some of their cases, it is literally unbelievable. I mean, in a world of anchors (laughs) and actors that you and I know, we know egos. We know narcissism when Mm -hmm. we see it. And that requires a lot. And it's been fascinating. I love American history. It's been a fascinating ride to have met every one of them going back to, I don't know, uh, Reagan. I became pen pals with Jerry Ford during his retirement. I've gotten to know Nancy Reagan in the last five years. Something, if you'd told my mom that her little baby boy, Brian, would someday get to know or shake hands with any of these people. There was a time when I walked through the Northwest Gate as a White House intern, having no business there, and then later as a chief White House correspondent, walking through that Northwest Gate every day, and it's been an incredible life. Coming up in a minute, Brian Williams talks about his daughter Allison's current success on the hit show Girls, his love of NASCAR, actually anything going around a circle fast, and his surprisingly difficult decision to host Saturday Night Live. Lauren gave me a great locker room speech. Between dress rehearsal and the live show, Mr. Williams, you, I think you said you went to a Catholic high school. Is that, is that correct? Did you have a talent night with, say, the parish priest wearing a coconut bra? <laughs> Just making a fool of himself wearing a coconut bra. I said, well, we didn't have an actual coconut bra like Bloody Mary in South Pacific, but we had a night like that. Yes, Lauren. I need you to be that priest. I need you to show these people you're willing to make a fool out of yourself and be a good sport. 
Mother's Day is coming, and mom doesn't want flowers. She wants a cocktail. Here's a hint. Get mom Bartesian. It's the countertop cocktail maker that creates your choice of over 60 premium cocktails in less than 30 seconds, each at the touch of a button. Flowers die. Happy hour comes back every day. So get mom the machine that makes amazing cocktails with real fruit juices and craft bitters. Best of all, get $50 off a Bartesian premium cocktail maker with the purchase of one pack of cocktail capsules. So, instead of getting mom a reason to fill a flower vase with water, get mom the easiest, fastest way to fill her glass with the floral notes of gin. The best cocktails are premium cocktails, and the best day to get it for mom is Mother's Day, because you can get $50 off now for a limited time. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash mother to get the best premium cocktail maker for mom at the best price for you. Artesian, premium cocktails on demand. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing today with Brian Williams. Although loud personalities with extreme views gobble up more airtime, television news is an industry that still rewards unbiased, thoughtful, and direct reporting. My work has been so cleansed, as I see it and as I've tried, of political opinions over 27 years. How do you do it? Uh, yeah, do you uh, have political opinions? I sometimes don't know. I, I have the same disappointments in my patriotism as a great man once said, I yield to no one. I love this country. I love the American idea. I have profound disappointments in, in my country. I feel we ought to be in space. I feel the dismantling of the manned space program. Why should we be in space? Uh, because it meant so much to us. Because, you mean just symbolically? Uh, no, technologically, technologically there were There were more along. advances to be made there, you felt. You know, I sometimes think uh, post-war America, post-Vietnam America has kind of become exhausted. I have another theory that the growth of self, all things self, has taken away our spirit of community, we can do this, yeah. cohesion, Sacrifice. Americanness. Right. When... An average American citizen has followers. I know you have your own history with social media. Mm -hmm. You take a citizen who works in a restaurant. They now have the preoccupation of followers. There is now someone who cares, and this applies to all of us, about our random thoughts, utterances. 
And that is a growth of self that we haven't cataloged yet. We haven't gotten our arms around it. The, the celebration of what you mean. Go back in the black and white movies you love from the 40s, 50s. Listen to the language. Listen to how first person is never used. Mm. And now it's how we lead, how we begin. That's a very good point. Every sentence. Mm. We have... We have individual press conferences all day long. We've changed. I tell you what I'm up to. Yes. And then when I pause, you tell me what you're up to. All of our media begins with a letter I. Which is why I kind of like, uh, to use the letter I, uh, the, uh, I kind of like my job. I get to do that part of my media life. Old school. No one needs another blowhard yelling at them. No one gives a rat's patootie about my opinion. So that's nice that I don't have to share it. I'd have to form one first on half of these issues and people. And I can try to call it down the middle and, and uh, try to be fair about it and do uh, just the facts with a little fun around the margins. But why, but why do you think why do you think you were different insofar as when I would watch Rather, I could sense very much that Rather had his opinions. And I and think I could that sense very him... much th- and I could sense very much that Rather was was straining mightily to contain those opinions in the framework of Brokaw as well. Does Brian Williams lay in bed at night with his wife and that's when those opinions come flying out? Your feelings about or do you you keep all of that private? Oh, or Jay, have you I... or have you found and, and you because you because you don't exude that at all on the air? Well, I mean, I've been married for twenty six years, Jane and I talk about the people we can't stand, either on television in Washington, uh, what frustrates us. Uh, Your daughter's boyfriend? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, we like the guy. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Uh, yeah. Sorry. But is it something you consciously have worked to do? Your predecessors, Cronkite probably know. And I know we don't need to always go Cronkite, Cronkite. But, 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 well, he's but, the gold but, standard. He's yeah, my yes. North Star. But many, but many people in your business, you could feel little belches and little fissures of their opinions coming through or a sense of that. And with you, there's none. Is it something you consciously have tried to comb out of your delivery? Uh, yes, I try to keep it down the middle. I just don't think anyone needs that from me. That's if what you, you think find, is a better broadcast. You think there's a shortage of opinionated media out there these days? No. Or you think people are longing to hear what I think I that's think what makes your program so successful. That's cliff. why I watch it. Yeah, well, I, I, don't, I don't want anything on it. Yeah. Just give me, I want the news. Now, I have this populist streak. And, you know, tonight we had an item that I ended up killing for time about Australian schools banning birthday cakes with candles. Uh, because of the blowing of germs over the surface of the cake, and they're recommending parents bring only a single cupcake. And I said at our editorial meeting this afternoon, well, the world had a good run. You know, we're done. We're over. We're done. Just put a candle on us because we're over. When that kind of stuff happens, I go ahead and I usually, we have a portion of the broadcast where I I can have more liberties. You know, I do a little... I borrow from Seth Meyers a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, little right bit. there in the middle of NBC Nightly Damn News yeah. in a studio famous for the young actor who acted in the Doctor's soap opera yes. in the studio where we do Nightly News, mm-hmm. a young Alec Three Baldwin. 3A or B? Oh, it's B. 3B. And, uh, you know, a night about a year ago, uh, I said that they had a problem in a school cafeteria in Lexington, Kentucky. Uh, something, somebody was stealing food. They set up a webcam. The good news is they caught an adult male squirrel living in the school kitchen. The bad news is those weren't raisins in the rice pudding. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> that made it into that the broadcast. That made it into a national. Go. And go whoever ahead. got it, got it. Whoever didn't, we went by quick. We had there a moment of fun. It's a serious world. It's a crushing world Good night, some everyone. days. Good night, everybody. Good night, Take everybody. care of your bartenders and waitresses. Thank you. Now, you, now, you know, when you do that, do you sometimes sit there and say, when Leno's done, I want that job? No, I'm a dilettante. No. I'm a dilettante. I get it out of my system. I call these so appearances. Yeah, I call them the extracurriculars. I have managed it and me alone. I've never been asked to appear on one of these other shows. I have done, I think, 18 David Letterman's. John Stewart has had me on a slew of times. We have a blast. Mm-hmm. And what it has done, it has not been a concerted effort. There's no whiteboard with a strategy. I turn more down than I accept. Jimmy Fallon's been very kind to me. The Roots have been very kind to me. Um, In the construct of a 22-minute newscast, especially in the post-9-11, very serious era, Mm -hmm. you would never know who I was. My daughter will tell you if uh, the guy who anchors nightly news is no one she knows at all. Mm -hmm. And when Lorne in 07 invited me to do SNL, I did this Talmudic (laughs) six month. I just, it would crushed me this decision. I worried that I was going to flush 25 years of all I knew. Of your credibility. My credibility down the toilet. And I finally, I had never met Chevy Chase, and he was in the hallway, along with the cursory two llamas, a showgirl, and whatever is in the hallway upstairs at SNL. I was headed to my final meeting with Lauren. I had polled everyone in my life, should I host Saturday Night Live? And it was a, it was a resounding yes. Everyone was a cautious yes. And I asked Chevy, after I shook my hand and introduced myself, his answer was fascinating. He said, I watched Dan Rather for 20 years, and the day he retired, I was no closer to knowing who he was than he was the day he started. I think you should do it. And so Chevy, in a way he does not yet know, decided that. And that was a big... That was a big damn to break in my life. The courage it required, that is not my trade. I don't know what you do for a living, and I don't know how you do it for a living. I sit home, and I watch you with my family, with Martin Short, doing Tony Bennett and his unknown little brother. Uh, Honest to God. Being constipated is like sitting on a bag of tangerines. Come on. He is. He well. First of all, it's it's that's very kind of you to say. But the 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 I think what you sense from what you've been doing is is just how much fun it is. You know, so much of this, it's not fun. It's not. It's not horrible. I mean, like when I would make movies, oh, movie man. making when you when you would do like, like if you're going to do Lincoln, and you're going to have and I was offered. <laughs> you were offered Lincoln. Everyone knows that sure. in the business. Yeah. Tony Kushner. And Spielberg and Daniel Day Lewis, and you're at the, the apex of the whole game. Right. And everything comes together to feed virtuosic acting. Great. Uh, I mean, I, I did not have those kinds of experiences. So it's funny how your broadcasting career is not that different from my filmmaking career, where there was another thing I had to go do yeah. to go have fun. But think of what it's like. I get to walk in as the closer. I get to work with people for whom it's their life's work and be Joe talk show comedy dilettante. I get to work with the cast of Saturday Night Live. I get to sit next to David Letterman and engage him 
and make John Stewart laugh or die trying. Doesn't matter how you get there. It matters right. what you did and what you leave behind. But it's like walking into the middle of the best school assembly ever, the creative kids. And it's fun for me, but it's dilettantism. It's uh, it's just another side of me. And the viewers, this is an important point. They know. They know the difference. Mm-hmm. We had some harumphing executives. We had some executives who got all sweaty. Yeah. How will we? How will they know that uh, they separate? Well, guess what? They know Access Hollywood from Nightly News, the show that comes on after us. They right. make that clean break. And they're going to know, if I'm not behind the set on Nightly News, if I'm coming out from behind Dave's curtain or dressed as a farmer on SNL or dressed as a lottery winner... Um, they're going to understand that's the other Brian. Oh, that guy who does the news. They don't have to like it. Uh, they can watch Diane or Scott Pelley. Uh, they can watch uh, Justin Bieber host SNL. But it's um, I get an enormous kick out of it. People have been very, very kind to me. Now, when you do those things, what you call the extracurriculars, and you do have a very important job in media, uh, whose idea was Rock Center, and why did you put that on your shoulders? It was the idea of Steve Burke, our new CEO, came in when Comcast bought the majority share of NBC. He, uh, The first meeting he had with me, he said, I think you're underutilized. That was a very flattering quote, but that was the quote. And so he was said, he trying to take, in your mind, was he trying to take some of the charm, what you invest in other things you're doing, did you want to make this the extracurricular. Yeah, I think he wanted to get in some more of my interests. Not uh, not the kind of uh, take my wife, please, but do try prime time. Try longer form. Crosstalk with some of the correspondents just back from the stories. Do something else. The viewership has been fluctuating. We've been uh, bounced around four or five time slots. We're now Fridays at 10 p.m. And so it's once a week. To stay, yeah. And an hour of television is, some weeks, an absolute second job. And what's been the biggest lesson for you about doing Rock Center? Uh, that... Primetime is different. It's not for the faint of heart. A lot of very good people have died trying. A lot of gallant projects have died trying. And you have to find a way of doing very good television news pieces, interesting television news pieces, without giving in to an entertainment format. You could easily say it's Friday night at 10 o'clock. You know, people are they're tired from the week. Give them a break. Do puppies. Do starlets. Mm -hmm. Do starlets who've had bad photo exposures on red carpets. And we're not going to do that because we, you know, we'll keep doing what we do and hopefully it will find an audience. Look, I did six years at MSNBC when I could have walked down any major city street and got just talking loudly had a larger audience in the early days. We were literally in like something like 20,000 cable homes. Right. That didn't matter to me. I was doing something. I was writing an hour-long primetime newscast every night. I was getting better. You know, in the, in the words of John Cougar Mellencamp, we were young and we were improving. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the media online? I mean, I'm assuming you have your menu of what you know you read the times and yeah. do you read everything online or are you a paper person i read a lot i saw tina brown recently admit you read online and, uh, online oh, yeah. or, or, I, or do you I have read a both you have, I, so you have I, a copy i wake up i have a paper copy of the new york post i'll admit it 
paper copy of the New York Times, which I, I do the New York thing. I stick sections in my briefcase. Sure. And they attract silverfish over the last couple of years. No, I'm kidding. Right. Uh, but I get to them when I can. And uh, I read. I'm always aware of what's on the Times website. But you read the time. Post. Read the New York now, Post. Now, why too. do you read the Post? I read the Post, the Daily News. I've been. You just read all the New York papers. Yeah. It's, it's just a habit. Yeah. You'd be you'd be the Brooklyn Eagle if it was still coming out. Uh, yeah. I understand. Yeah, but you know, I I I read page six like everybody, and like everybody who doesn't admit reading page six, and I read the sports section. I read, I read page six if it's around. I don't necessarily go get it. Yeah. You know? But if you, I, do you have any history with the New York Post? With the New York, none. <laughs> no. I've been I've I've been really lucky. I've laid low. You know, I like reading the New York Tab sports section after the Super Bowl, and yeah. you know. Wondering the who Post was, has a great sports section. Yeah. Who was going to hit Jim Nance over the head first? It's just, I don't know, it's part of uh, living here. But I'm always aware of what's on the Times website. Dirty, guilty Huffington pleasure. Post. Huffington Post, yes. Not no, as much as I used to, though. I don't click through. I get angry at the headlines. I get. I wonder what she's done there. I mean, obviously she's passed They're it on. looking but for I clicks. Mean, yeah, I, just, I, didn't, I didn't want to see the, uh, uh, you know, pictures of... And we're going to get to this later. It could be your daughter next, where it's like side boob. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, everything is like a shot Thanks. of Kate Hudson, this one, that one popping out of their dress. Thanks, Alex. Wardrobe malfunction. Yeah. My, my pleasure, <laughs> Bryant. Um, uh, but but the uh, uh, we'll, we'll, let, let's get to that subject, which is um, your daughter is gorgeous. Thank you. And she's talented. I say thank you. like. And she's gorgeous. Thank you. And she's talented. Thank you. She's a great... And but at the Great same person. time, at the same time, she's a young woman who is speaking to on that show. I mean, that's not the the, the the purpose of the show is to be entertaining and funny, but they do speak in a language that is the contemporary young woman. Do you sometimes watch that show with your wife and like you grab each other by the forearm and go, "Oh my God." No, we watch the whole bunch of us. Uh, yeah, together. We, uh, HBO is sometimes nice enough to share a cluster of the next uh, episodes and when her brother's home from college. We watch as a family. The thing is, she came out of the womb doing, there's no... But, you know, really? She just, we always She's knew. your mom. Yes, yeah, she's my mom. It's Had a generation my mom skipping just thing. lived long enough to see this, but she's my mom. So, uh, and she's also my wife, and she's... She's so many things. She's also a, a kid who flew through Yale. She's a kid as good at improv, can do an improv musical if you yell out one word. She'll compose it, sing it, write the plot as she performs while you watch. I thought her first uh, talent that the public saw was going to be singing. She has a voice like a bird, like an angel. And so she's... Is she having a good time? She's having a blast, yeah. and she's been given this material by Lena, by Jenny Connor and Judd, but mostly Lena's vision. And the people who come up to me now and say, I'm a Marnie. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a, I'm such yeah. a Marnie, and yeah. I love watching Allison, and it's, it's, uh, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And what, what is she, does she, I mean, that, that show obviously won't last forever. I mean, what does she want to do? Is she going to go out to L.A.? Is she going to make films? Is she going to I think she, she, would, she would love a, a future in feature films, but recognizes this for uh, everything it is, yeah. a fantastic platform. As my people, the Irish Catholics, say, I'm quelling uh, all the time. I was doing a film once, and Rob Reiner, although this doesn't relate to TV as much, but, but there's a there's a... Uh, a comparison to be made. And Rob Reiner said to me, he said, uh, I had to do a speech, a very long courtroom speech in this movie, Ghosts of Mississippi, that I did with him about the Medgar Evers murder okay. trial. And 
in his uh, inimitable New York accent. He said, do you mind doing it again? I want to go again. I know it's a long speech. It's like three pages long. But I want to put a camera in the back of the courtroom and shoot you doing the speech again. Just one take. We'll just burn, you know, one take, maybe two. It's been a long day. We've covered it from every angle. We'll just do one more. I go, I don't mind. I said, it would be great. He goes, yeah, I understand how you feel. I know how you feel. He said, you got a good piece of material. You want to do it, you do it all day. You don't care. He said, because you know your next movie, you're, you're going to have one line all day, and that line's going to be, get down! Everyone get down! <laughs> As you're firing the gun in the parking structure. And the same is true in that comparison and contrast between film and television, yeah. which is you want to go into film, and you want to go into film, and you want to make movies, but they're not all... Spielberg and Lincoln and Tony Kushner. What about you? Do you... I'm addicted to kind of projecting my own psychological machinations on other people. And I look at you and I think, you're going to do this job until you're dead. Is it is like it is indefinite to you? Will you just do it indefinitely? You're young. I'm 53. I'll be you're 54. And you look I, younger. Uh, thank you. You look great. Like you, I'm trying to take care of myself. You look fantastic. Um, I'll be doing something. I do have a deal with my wife that when it's time, she's going to tap on her right forearm as a baseball manager would asking for someone from the bullpen and we're going to go and I'm going to go and kind of not come back and leave it, walk away. You know, there is such a thing as, as staying too long at the fair. And um, I can also be happy editing a town blog somewhere. As long as I'm around things that are happening, reading news on the web, able to write something, the siren in the back of my head is we have a, a little place on the Jersey Shore. And it's all I ever really wanted from a life that's been beyond a dream sequence in a movie was to go back and plant a flag in the sand of the Jersey Shore. And that's kind of where I see happy days. You know, when you have a happy place to go and a, and a, a nice, loving situation at home, and now a daughter to watch, and my son's going to come rocketing out of college. He's looking for... What's um, he doing? Uh, he wants to do sports journalism on television. And he's really good. And he's, got a, he's a great kid with a ton of personality. You know, sometimes I say, could you guys have chosen, like... Insurance or something? Could you get your own line of work? But, you know, Allison could not have done anything Allison's doing real well. She's a fine human. And your son, he's going to be finished when? Douglas Williams, the male heir to the Williams fortune, is uh, finished (laughs) in late May. He just came home from college for a week, did his first round of job interviews, entry-level stuff, looking for night shifts, day shifts. Uh, writing for Lincoln, the Nebraska. web, shooting his own stuff. That's our poor children, because my wife's trajectory is a lot like mine. They've had this work ethic speech, like one of your films. Oh my God! I all know. their life. Am I not me too? So they're just doomed. I say they, to my, I say to my daughter, my ex-wife and I. I mean, we laid it on. I mean, you, you, uh, I would out Tom Jode, Tom Jode. Right. We're talking about. It. I'm like, yeah. do you understand? What life was like for me when I was your age, growing up in Massapequa. Yeah. My mother made me wash my own football uniform. Well, a lot of it is just cultural and how much things have changed and how much kids 
No, I was in adulthood before I knew what the Ivy League was, before I knew what a prep school was, again, before I knew there were fresh vegetables. It's just, it's, it was my worldview. I was working. I thought I was always just going to be working. I've always worked. I've always had as many jobs as I could have, and that's what you do. You work, uh, you die, and if you're really lucky, you spend some summers on the Jersey Shore. But your wife's going to be the one that's going to tap... Yeah, well, I think we'll know. I mean, there's a lot of living I and we want to do, a lot of places we want to go. What do you and she like to do? Well, Are you European travelers? No. Or travels of any kind? That sounds very Perillo. Have your bags out at 9 a.m. <laughs> now, now. Um, but uh, my parents Perillo. used to go on Perillo tours, just not our cup of tea. Um, no, we just, uh, I mean, like we went out to Utah for four days and just sat there and just did nothing because it's You're a, the anchor of the NBC Nightly News and you... You view, is, you view European travel as kind of snobbish? No, no, no. We never have oh, the time. We you don't have time. Do it. But would you, would, you, would you like to have time? Yes. We'd love to have time, and that's part of our figuring. Right. You know, there's a lot I want to do. I want to take an insanely fast car across the Bonneville Salt Flats before I die. You do love this NASCAR thing. Oh, yeah. Why? I just, I've, my dad took me to the Chemung County Speedrome in, in uh, Horseheads, New York, when I was a little kid. Near Elmira? Friday night races right. to watch the Bodine Brothers race. I'll watch anything go around in a circle too fast. What's the name of the place near Elmira? Uh, Shimung County Speedrome, it was called. I think it's now just the fairgrounds. Isn't it amazing that the thing I'm going to take away yeah. from this interview, I mean, I look at you, you, you have, you're a very, very, very important person to me. I'd be a news junkie. You're, you know, it's like pitching for the Yankees. You're, you're shattered the anchor. Right now. You're shattered right I'm now. I'm not shattered. I'm just sitting here thinking, Brian Williams, the anchor of the NBC Nightly News, when his wife indicates that it's time to retire, they're not going to Rome. They're not going to Madrid. They're going to the Shemung County Motor Speedway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, all we have time for tonight. I recommend Wall Township Speedway on the Jersey Shore for a great Friday night. I'm going to take uh, your word for it. One third of a mile paved oval. <laughs> great action under the lights. I'm telling you, for your admission charge, there's no more... A great night of entertainment. You know what I want to do one day? Yeah. I'm going to say this right now. Will you come with me? If I thought I was going to have dinner with you and your wife, oh, I would have thought the Four Seasons restaurant and we go see something at the Brooklyn Academy of Music. I get an SUV with a bunch of bodyguards. We go out to BAM. But no. We're going to the what? The wall trip? What's it called? Right. First of all, you'll get an SUV. <laughs> I drive a Chevy Yukon. And you'll have uh, dinner maybe on our deck in Jersey, or we'll take you to a favorite place, but then we'll cap off the evening. Around dusk, they start the first heat races, and then the main race is after dark. We'll go to the Wall Township Speedway, Route 34. This is family racing. I raised my kids going to small tracks saying, never criticize a driver because there's a very good chance their parents, a family member, a friend is sitting in front of us or behind us at a small track. It's absolutely heaven. You really haven't lost touch with your roots, have you? Well, no, it's more... That kid from Ridgewood. Because for me, I completely sold out. My idea this summer is to be on a boat and try to find, like... The most hurtful Have a a meal with Plimpton or someone. I want to be with some kind of... The other thing that's changed in the time you and I have been in the game is haters. The rise of uh, haters being as close as a send button. Comments on the internet are the mm-hmm. cheapest currency there is. The anonymity. The most hurtful thing is someone thinking you're a fake populist when you're a rich guy. And at root, 
I'm a populist who's had to fake being a rich guy right. who has right. I'm surrounded by fancy people and people wanting to sell me very nice clothing and and all that but I you know this week I got a phone call from a guy who was my lieutenant at the old village fire company in Middletown firehouse needs a new generator we're wondering if you donate one post Sandy and I say to Mike Lee like 20 years haven't passed you can't get that money out of the township still because right, right, we right. used to go door to door and solicit money for our, our engine company and he said no it's unbelievable can you believe it and you know I'm so happy to be able to donate a Jenny sure. to my old fire yeah. but I can go back like that yeah. much easier than I can walk into certain social circles here in New York or any fancy schmancy I've never I, I feel the same way I've I think one thing that you and I have in common and that is it's a decision you make. It's it's like literally to me, it's always the same image. And that is I'm in a ski shoot. I'm in the shoot of a ski run, of a black diamond ski run, yeah. of a very, very tough ski run. And I say to myself, there's only one way down. And I get a sense that you're the same way, which is that we, you know, we, as much as we're like, pinch me, pinch me, pinch me. One of the ways we succeeded was we just jumped out of the plane and we pulled the ripcord and we just took it one step at a time. And we turned around and next thing you know. We're skating. Yeah. There's the I got this syndrome. Yeah. I, I guess I do say to myself and to others. Yes, I can. I've got this. I got And this. I don't know where that unbridled <laughs> confidence came from. And I've done some ridiculously stupid things under that banner, like being in a helicopter I had no business being in in Iraq with rounds coming into the airframe. But I... Did you I think also, you would die? Uh, briefly, sure. There have been probably a more handful than, of those. Yeah. But do and, you tell yourself that's the job? Oh, absolutely. You do. You have There's my still job, that... and not go and sense and cover and feel these dual wars that we have asked these millions of terrific Americans to go fight and they've raised their hands and volunteered for the honor of it would be uh, malpractice. But on an average night when the red light comes on, two things happen. Our announcer is Michael Douglas. You know, this is NBC Nightly News with Brian Williams. And I hear that and a part of me every night of my life says, wow, that's funny. This broadcast uh, is anchored by someone with my name because they sure as hell, and the light comes on, I'm on, and then the I've got this gene kicks in. Host of the NBC Nightly News and Rock Center, you know where to find Brian Williams on the weekend. So I'm going to come see you at the Speedway. I would love it. I will host you at Wall Township Speedway, Route 34 in Wall Township, New Jersey. Deal. I'll see you. Right off the Garden State Parkway. How do we sign off again? Uh, I hope to see you right back here tomorrow night. (laughs) That was perfect. (laughs) This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing.
Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.